Hello and welcome to the Inspired Astrology Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren K. Hickman. Welcome, welcome, Inspired Ones. This is a very special episode as I am live streaming as we speak on both Instagram and the app AstroStar. And next Tuesday, September 19th at 8 p.m. Central Standard, I'm going to be doing a talk uh, live on AstroStar about everything being in its right place. And this particular talk I felt was inspired by our connection with our devices at this point in history and time. And I think that it's so easy to get over-involved with the perceptions and pursuits of other people as we stare through the windows of our devices that sit in our hand, in our pocket, in our purses that are constantly by our sides that we neurotically touch, that we neurotically seek connection with um, as a subconscious pursuit of connection with community. And in that experience of being able to see the lives of so many other people, and of course the lives being painted online are, you know, usually the Christmas card version, as my friend Sarah Wilmer says. Um, The Christmas card postings of what is good in our lives and what is meaningful in our lives and what is shiny and pretty. And I love that there is such a new movement in sharing kind of the darkness and the poopiness of life um, because that is just as valid as the, the sprouting and birthing of new things. The grief, the loss, the dying is part of that cycle as well. So this talk, everything in the right in its right place, um, obviously a nod to the Radiohead song because I'm a nerd like that. Uh, but it is my hope in offering you insight into the timing, the perfectly beautiful timing that you have in your own existence, in your own journey in nature. So please join me on AstroStar on September 17th at 8 p.m. It's a Tuesday. Um, I will put up the AstroStar uh, app in my notes so that you can find the link. Uh, It's pretty easy to find on wherever you download your apps (laughs) for whatever device that you're using. Um, I actually have it on my desktop right now as I'm recording. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a blessing getting connected into this and being invited on as an advisor. I'm getting to join the ranks of some of the most inspiring astrologers that are out there today. I have to note Samuel Reynolds 
for sure. Um, Tara All, who I met at Norwalk last year. And then, of course, the incomparable Jonah Emerson Bell, who you know here from the Inspired Astrology podcast uh, doing the full moon episodes. So really, really grateful to have this new opportunity and hope some big shifts and big changes and maybe having a larger audience than my my sweet crowd here. But I never want to lose touch with uh, the beautiful people that I feel so supported by. Um, it is due to your contributions in the last couple of months that I've been able to take care of my my beloved hound dog, the dragon. Um, and for those of you who are just, uh, just entering this atmosphere, uh, taking your first breaths of the Inspired Astrology podcast, welcome. Welcome to you, Inspired One. And uh, my hound dog is incredibly important to me as, you know, a companion. You know, I don't think of him as a pet so much as... Uh, like a familiar perhaps, or um, this mirror and this reflection about learning what love really is about. And Dragon, um, shortly after I had some asthma and lung issues at the beginning of the summer due to the wildfires, Dragon contracted kennel cough shortly after a, a minor surgery and that f- devolved into pneumonia. And that, uh, that pneumonia was dragging on and we were seeing very little response to the medications. We had to adjust antibiotics multiple times. There's been so many x-rays. Uh, initially, this started off with a you know, $2,000 visit to the emergency vet. And I reached out to my audience and you all really showed up for me in such a meaningful way. Um, even without me responding to any astrology questions, which is usually what makes me feel comfortable is uh, if I'm doing a fundraiser, I'm, I'm going to try to create and exchange uh, a value with my audience. And so much of the work that I already do is pro bono. I want to make my, my work available to as many people as possible. And it's, it's through people who um, do these offerings, who do Venmo tips, um, helping me out when Dragon was ill. I mean, I the the bills were over thirty five hundred dollars, and we're still doing antibiotics right now. Um, but he has made a turn for the better, and I posted about that on Instagram yesterday. That we went on a journey in our new cargo van, our new adventure vehicle, uh, up to Door County, to Washington Island, and to Rock Island. And that that was really a really precious experience, and. Dragon has finally made this deep and powerful turnaround. Um, he's not coughing. He's not waking up in the middle of the night. There's like certainly some snorting happening as he's continuing to clear out his sinuses. But his lungs sound so much better. He's not laboring to breathe. And I, I just wanted to post that update because so many people have reached out um, knowing what it's like to love a creature and to receive a love from a creature and it, it, it means so much to me. So thank you for everyone showing up and supporting and um, for your contributions and making that work out. So um, on to the show, I perhaps. <laughs> so um, when, when I do these solo shows is what I call it, um, often it's a meditation and an offering that either happens before or after I uh, create my, my moon mailer report. And if you are not subscribed to the Moon Mailer, I encourage you to do so. I send out only two mailers a month unless I have a class or an offering that needs to be uh, included in that. 
And I have been doing meditations on the new moon and the full moon since 2019. And this practice for me uh, has really changed my life in so many ways. I never thought that I would be an astrologer. And here I am on the AstroStar app as an advisor. Here I am on the Inspired Astrology podcast sharing my wisdom and my experience with astrology is something very tangible and very living in, in my world and in your world. I hope that you're getting to receive those symbols and blessings as something to, to teach you about the cycles and seasons of our lives. And in 2019, I you know, made, uh, made acquaintance with Heather and Parker Rowe at Kin, and Kin is a mystical shop in Des Moines, Iowa. And I, I said, hey, I'm a, I'm a Reiki practitioner. And she goes, you write astrology? I was like, uh, no, no my, my mom is the astrologer. And she's like, how about you start writing full moon reports for me? Because um, guess what? I don't want to have to copy them from somebody online. And it would be really cool to, to receive your information and your blessings from that. So from that request by the Leo goddess, Heather Ann Parker Rowe of Kin Mystical Shop in Des Moines. Check that out at kindsm.com. I don't get any like kickback, but she has syndicated my reports and my Instagram feeds for four years now. Um, sometimes I get hooked up with a candle, but for the most part, um, it is a mutually loving relationship that I have with Kin and how it grounded and rooted me into this practice and encouraged me to step out of an old life and an old skin that was no longer serving me and really committing to what it looks like to be Lauren K. Hickman and stop masking and stop pretending that I am not what I am, right? And trying to fit into society through, you know, administrative jobs and <laughs> coffee shop jobs and retail jobs, just trying to get by. Um, so I, I've been so lucky since 2019 to be doing this work um, professionally and and working for myself, which I, I don't recommend. <laughs> I, I definitely miss having a partner in crime, but uh, I think it, it's, it's been worth the journey and I've grown so much and learned so much about myself. Um, but obviously like this is not the uh, talk about myself show, this is talk about the new moon and Virgo show, but I did, I did wanna give you some feedback and it's due to many of my audience members from Instagram um, that they asked me to start performing my work on podcasts. And so now that is evolving into a live feed and reel here on Instagram and on AstroStar. So have a moment, right? Check in with your body. Virgo season is about the gut. It is about how we digest and receive the world. It is the most rooted and slippery component, I think, of the, of the seasonal zodiac. And we can look at that mutability Right? When we talk about the seasons of the zodiac, we talk about the, the, three, um, the three directions that it moves, the modes is what they're called. And we have cardinal energy, we have fixed energy, and we have mutable energy. Virgo season is mutable. And what mutable means to me is adaptation. Um, it is the, the season that shifts from one state of being into the next before it initiates into the next thing. So for example, um, Leo is a fixed fire sign that happens in the Northern hemisphere at the, at the most heated part of summer. Like you cannot deny that Leo season is summer. 
it is locked in. It is in there. It's happening. So when Virgo comes around, it is asking us to let go, release the summer and start to welcome in the fall, which is um, right on the horizon for us with Libra. Uh, Libra coming up in the equinox on the 21st. Uh, it is the 12th today as I'm recording this this podcast. <laughs> I have my um, turmeric from <laughs> from Kosha Spawn Retreat. Hey, hey Shilpa. And I mix it with some cocoa and maca and some cayenne pepper and some oat milk. And so I'm loving my little like sweet drink. But uh, with... With Virgo season, we are welcoming in the season of change and, and difference. Uh, it is known for service and the component of how can we actively be engaged in our world. There's so much going on all the time. There are dishes to wash. There's garbage to take out. The, the lawn needs to be mowed. This is sort of a sustaining energy that we all have to participate in or the world would be covered in garbage and nothing would be clean. We would have all sorts of issues. So Virgo is not just soap. It's the sustaining force and will to to make change happen. And I love that idea of service and the association with the sixth house of how we examine ourselves on a day-to-day level, how we interact with our journey, how we how we take care of our bodies, how we take care of our digestive system, how we engage with everything in our lives, right? I think uh, animals are associated with the sixth house and with, with Virgo, Virgo taking care of little things and little plants and little, little beans. Um, oh, Grant's here. Uh, my, my dear old friend Grant uh, joined <laughs> for just a moment here on the live feed on Instagram. And I often think about his chart because it is loaded and packed into the sixth house, a big Capricorn stellium in the sixth house. So um, I hope I hope he doesn't mind me sharing that about him. Anyway, so uh, back to <laughs> the new moon and Virgo report. So Virgo is a living, breathing, moving, tangible and material thing. It's Virgo that pops our balloon and brings us back to earth. It points out the fault lines, the beauty lines, the wrinkles, the details, and all the practicality. Virgo is a guide, a teacher, a mentor, a tender, right? Someone who tends, a guardian, and a space holder. So in Virgo season, we don't have the opportunity to have our heads in the clouds. Right? Think about Pisces season as the opposition to Virgo. We don't have that opportunity because there is, simply put, way, way too much to do. Way much to get done. Mercury, the messenger, is the nervous system of the universe. Mercury is mundanely associated with Virgo. And if you look at esoteric astrology, Virgo is associated with um, Vulcan or Hephaestus, who is this really interesting Greek and Roman character who um, lives in a volcano and who is constantly smoldering and building jewelry and designing mechanics. And there's just so much um, beauty in the way the Vulcan works. But generally, Mercury is associated with Virgo. 
And rightfully so, because if Mercury brings Gemini, an air sign, to the higher frequencies of the mental plane, it pulls Virgo into the sand pits of the subconscious. Mercury or Hermes is in its psychopomp format, right? Psychopomp meaning it goes into the subconscious. It can move into the hell realms, the underworld, the underbelly. And it is in this delving and dealing that we work with the real real instead of what is ideal. So strong, sand-like, this Mercury is in flesh and it's not just wind and words as it is in Gemini. It's a Mercury that shoves your face into your own makings and reveals all you did and did not do. It offers perspective, some criticism, right? Because discernment is a word that comes with Virgo. And the reality check um, that it gives for all of our responsibilities and how they can suddenly feel very burdensome. And I don't know how this summer has been for you when Mars went into Virgo, there was such an intensity in how we realize how much there is to do. And I think Virgo season really highlights that for all of us. And, and it's like, we take time off to go on holiday. We take time to put the kids back in school. We have to like, you know, tend the fields and tend to our lawns and our gardens and all of these things before winter comes. So <laughs> a groan from the silence in your throat. Ugh, look, Look how all my life's paths have tangled. In our minds, we all yearn for the best ideals, right? We, we purchase the bricks in the hopes of building beauty, building something magical. And then those bricks become a stockyard pile, laminated with grass and insect spirits the next inhabitant wondering what aspirations were left to sit and collect dust. We may look and criticize others for their abandoned projects. We look in our own basements and storage sheds and see ours, our stuff. And maybe we hide our shortcomings in the pursuit of perfection, that saving of face or the impressing of first impressions. Perhaps you're one who is eminently atop your to-do list. I'm jealous if you are. Incapable of ever fully relaxing as there is always more to do, more to get done. So you, the Virgo warrior with all its awareness and that irritation in your neck and your tummy that tells you something more, something more needs to be done. There's more to build, more to evolve, more to manage. We need you, Virgo. We need you. But even you, oh capable one, you have a garbage heap of plastic and discarded gifts in a midden pile somewhere. Even if you have cleared your space, what you have cleared has ended up elsewhere to regift, to repurpose, to recycle, to compost, to landfill, and to rot. Everything we touch still exists somewhere. If it is food, it has been digested, nourishing what we can assimilate, left, the, the rest evacuated, right? Dumped into an ocean somewhere, reconstituted into milorganite, human fertilizer rebranded. If it is particle, right? 
perhaps it's in the water now or the soil. If it's unprocessable, it is still out there floating in the ocean, building mountains of toxins and impermanent purposes, right? Human brilliance and chemical compounds that have moved through our bloodstream are now in our water supply and our birth control is impacting the Everglades. And our human pursuit of efficiency, efficacy, speed, brilliance, organization, and purpose. We humans include the details that fit into our hero's story and our desired record. The anomalies are unseen, right? We stop facing the facts that aren't committed to our paradigm. And this is true of us culturally and individually. All the streams of you are still present. Those thought forms, those self-effacing beliefs and the stories of you are haunting your neural pathways. We dig brightly into the darkness when we are ready. But some of us, many of us, are never ready to look at our own demons. So we proclaim the external to be the problem. A true Virgo takes accountability for all its measures and intents. Its accountability will eat it alive at times, wanting to show up for each of its aspirations as fully as humanly possible. So my reminder to you is that we are still human and what we are capable of is only what is humanly possible. You can't do it all perfectly, right? We can do a lot. We can do a lot imperfectly. So that said, we see the great makings and aspirations of our species, right? Better living through chemistry. We make a more complicated culture, overwhelmed by apps and multiple calendars and user interfaces and touchscreens and remotes and digital intelligence. Until the grid goes down, until a hacker messes with our perfected systems, right? All the locked doors and locked keys that can get undone by just digital inter interlude. It all seems so streamlined. Our smart cars, our smartphones, our smart watches are useless when we deconstruct the collective reality that we've built. If it's between you and nature, are you prepared to live? Are you capable of remembering that you are, in fact, nature? <laughs> so go analog. Go burn a log. Go stargaze. Go disconnect. Microdose boredom. Dial down the frenetic and prune back your commitments. This is a season of no as much as it is a season of following our yes. Yes. Ah. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Ashley, for your feedback. Love you. I see Amanda join for a second. Hey, hey, guys. Learning how to do a live, live stream and also record a podcast simultaneously. So that is your Virgo New Moon report. Um, I'll try to break down some of the aspects that um, kind of initiated this. And, and I feel like sometimes I, I write a little bit of dark reports. I'm so sorry about that. I think the turtle... The turtle report really bummed a lot of people out <laughs> for cancer season. But I, I couldn't help but think about the dark, deep, subconscious shit that is happening right now collectively. Um, 
here's my little, little notes. I want you guys to know what I'm looking at here. <laughs> but we have multitudes in retrograde right now. And um, fear not for retrogrades, right? This is about reprocessing, turning back in, kind of dealing with some of the old stuff. And planets go retrograde all the time. I think that what makes this one fairly unique is that all the outer planets are in retrograde from Saturn, Jupiter, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Um, and that's the first time in, in like, I think it's 200 years. I'll have to fact check that. But it's it's been a while since there has been this, um, this heave-ho of retrogrades all happening at once. And of course, our friend Mercury in Virgo is still retrograde. And as Jonah says, being a bit extra, right? <laughs> when we have, especially the connections with Pluto, specifically, Pluto is the underbelly. It's the subconscious. It's where our deepest transformation lies. And we can look towards Pluto and its placement, what generational um, experience that you're having you know uh, I am like one of the first of the Pluto Scorpio generation we have the Pluto Sagittarius generation and we are just rounding out Pluto and Capricorn and goddamn goddamn um Capricorn Pluto at 27 degrees and it is just wiping over the Pluto in the U.S. natal chart and you can look back through my episodes, you can look back through my Instagram feed about the Pluto retrograde, or sorry, the Pluto return of the United States rather. And that this, since 2020, this has been this like ongoing, slow, deep revealing, right? And, and Pluto helps to reveal to us what we are not willing to look at. And Pluto in Capricorn is about systems and hierarchy and the bones and structures and everything that makes up a foundation. And you've been living for the last couple of years, I'm assuming, and I think that you can relate with some of these experiences of, of darkness and intensity. So with, with Pluto continuing to be activated by transit in the U.S. chart, we as Americans, if you're listening and you um, identify as a United States citizen and part of this culture, we too are going through our own Pluto return. Our, our lifetimes are too short to experience a Pluto return. We know about Saturn returns and we know about Jupiter returns, but the return of Pluto takes hundreds of years, 250 years to do. So this this is individually us working with that energy and doing what we can to transform our perceptions, our power issues specifically. And these power dynamics really came up for me in this chart um, due to the kite formation um, in this particular uh, lunation, which is happening on Thursday, um, 8.40 p.m. is when uh, the sun and moon are in, in conjunction at 21 degrees and 59 arc minutes of Virgo. So just rounding out the, the season, if you will. And a kite formation specifically um, indicates a lot of power. It's a, it's a sextile triangle and then a trine triangle uh, with an opposition in the center of it. 
and we have you know a square between Uranus and Pluto and we have Uranus connecting to Neptune Neptune to Pluto Pluto to the sun and the moon we have you know sextiles and, and squares and trines and all of this energy sort of lining up and as as I sit down to write these reports I never know what the fuck is going to happen honestly I just kind of sit down with myself and I try to figure out and perceive what it is that I'm I'm feeling in my bones when I try to untangle the knots of an astrological web. When we're uncovering our own subconscious patterns, we are dealing with our neural pathways, which is a very mercurial energy. Our, our nervous system is reflected with mercury. Our digestive system is reflected with Virgo. And um, Virgo's associated with the hands as well in some traditions and working with the hands and serving with the hands. I think that all the earth signs have that that, that bit of that component, Gemini certainly, and, and Virgo as well. So we have to think about what we touch and what has touched us. And consumerism has is, is been on my mind a lot. I think um, when working with the, the U.S. natal chart and working in the times that we are existing in, I recognize more and more how capitalism is so destructive and working with the client base that I do as a clinical intern, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm uh, in my master's program in pursuit of a degree in social work, master's in social work, pursuing a clinical licensure to become an LCSW, which um, is, you know, it's a long pathway, but it's one I, I feel very confident about. And people say, how's school going? I'm like, it's great. I study oppression all day. <laughs> And there's, there's truth to that. Um, why I like social work is that it sees a person in the environment rather than from a top-down perspective. Like, what is wrong with this human being? It's like, what happened to this human being? What has happened to you that we're having these, these experiences of mental health crisis, of darkness? So... <laughs> Sitting with this chart, it did feel like the digestive processing. It feels like how has consumerism impacted us and our environment, right? There is an environmental component to the work that I do. And, and you know, talking some in the report about, um, for example, that line that our birth control is in the Everglades. Um, if you ever read the book Sexy Hormones, it's a health book with a you know, compelling title. Uh, <laughs> but we, we learn that whatever we flush through our systems, whatever chemicals that we take in, um, whatever, uh, you know, prescription medications and things that have long half-lives, they end up in our water supply and impacting other people. Uh, they've done study on this and they, they've done studies on, um, you know, where, <laughs> where all that is going, right? How are we... How are we processing what we put into our systems? Like, what is the health component of that? How is that impacting things on a larger scale? And then I think about all, like the Barbie movie recently. I don't know if you went and caught it. It's absolutely amazing. But I was thinking about all my childhood toys and it, it fucked me up. It did. I was thinking about all the plastic that I played with as a kid. And we're finding a correlation between plastic and xenoestrogen. Xenoestrogens mimic estrogen in the system. And that is impacting when puberty happens. It impacts the menstrual cycle. It impacts, um, you know, 
AMABs and like, are they growing chest breasts and stuff like that because of the excesses of xenoestrogens in the environment and our exposure to plastics. And plastics save lives, okay? I'm not like anti-plastic on all levels, um, but we got a plastic addiction. We got a petroleum addiction. We have an oil addiction thing happening. So what I'm, what I'm trying to, to get at with, with this new moon in Virgo meditation is to consider all the things that we've touched and where and how we are dealing with them after the fact. After they are out of sight, out of mind, where are they ending up, right? And then finally our, you know, Instagram feeds, if we allow for it, if we follow accounts, we see the, you know, the, the plastic garbage island in the ocean and we see um, the impact of uh, like alligators in the Everglades, as I mentioned, um, and how hormone levels in the water are shifting the ability and the sex of the species that are being born, right? Which impacts the ability to procreate in the species. So if, if Virgo is about digestion, it's like, what are we taking in? What are we processing? What are we letting go of? And is the letting go enough? So when we get to Scorpio season, these are, these are related. When we get to Scorpio season, we have to, we have to know what, what is compostable, what is ready to rot and to return to the earth so that it can feed the flowers in the springtime during Taurus season. And the same goes for Virgo. Like what, what is being processed and sitting in its like, gooey microbe form during Pisces season, including our, our dreams and thoughts. Um, I mentioned Milorganite. I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin currently, and Milorganite is like a rebrand for um, human feces fertilizer. And I, I feel like I always get stuck living next to the plants, right? And it really reminds me of, of like being human is stinky. It is a stinky process and there's like lovely things that smell wonderful, but there's also a lot of stink out in the world. And I think Virgo kind of points that out. Just kind of gets us back to the earth. You know, we have these lovely summers and maybe you sit by the lake or you get to read your book or take some time off depending on what your life looks like. And Virgo season is like, hey dude, we need to like get back in our skin. We need to get back to reality. There is no perfect way. There is just the way that you do it. I think that's one of the reminders that I would allow for you is considering you know, not to overthink all of this that I've offered. Um, I'm sure that there is a lot that I'm putting out on the plate here to think about as far as, you know, where is your head at these days? How are you curating your thoughts in a way and taking care of your mind? Right? How are you redirecting patterns of thinking and thought and uh, the ways of relating with others based on previous experiences that still exist in our body somatically, thematically? You know, we can only do so much with cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Um, but we, we certainly have to find that balance between feeling and feeling and feeling in our bodies. Like, what is coming up? What is this reminding me of? And I think that's where so much of the powerful work comes in, like... Uh, uh, the traditional medicine Buddha practices, uh, mindfulness practices, somatic practices that help us to get in touch with what we're really feeling and what we really want and what we really desire. And there has to be a balance between getting shit done and going after what we want, which is like Libra season a little bit, right? Going after desire. So um, bite the frog is one of the notes that I made here. Um, Mark Twain said this quote many, 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 many years ago that if it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. 
And if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one first. And uh, my old boss at Campbell's Nutrition in Des Moines always would say, all right, time to bite the frog. And it means that like when we avoid our tasks, when we avoid the things that are going to make us feel free and liberated through um, accomplishing responsibility, we, we feel better, right? And so this is kind of a, an encouragement to, to move towards um, tasks that feel too big, right? And, and working with that sense of demand avoidance or working with that sense of like what, what is taking us apart from everything else. I did want to comment on um, relationships, um, specifically because Mars in Libra is currently at 11 degrees of Libra, and it's going to be approaching a direct opposition to Chiron uh, in Aries at 18 degrees. The lunar nodes are also um, connected into this lunation. Um, they're aspecting to Pluto in, in a square format that's pretty, pretty tight. As, as we move into the season of the lunar nodes in Aries and Libra, like we're well into it at this point, I think that relationships and reflecting on relationships is such a huge part of doing this work. And that means being selfish. That means that you have to move inside and doing the processing and doing the feeling and doing the serious work for yourself in what is it that I want? What is it that I want to be? And when we think about power dynamics in relationships, it's really easy to put someone else on a pedestal. It's really easy to um, believe that someone is more valuable than you are. And I know that as, um, as a femme and as a Libra rising and as a recovering codependent, I've often adapted myself, also oh, Pisces moon, um, adapted myself to fit into the experience of what others, what I think that others want of me. And the truth is that when we are the most true to ourselves, when we're selfish enough, um, we, we get to thrive and we get to inspire other people. And I think that's where the Aries modality, like moving towards that sense of Ariesness, means that, that like you have to trust other people are going to take care of themselves. You are in the pilot seat of your own existence. And if you're constantly like looking around and wondering who else is going to take the controls, like obviously you shouldn't be flying the plane. But uh, when we look when we look towards our goal, our destination with deep focus and determination and ferocity, anything can get accomplished. And when we stop um, putting another person on a pedestal and we start to prioritize our desires and our wants and our dreams, it gives other people permission to do the same, as I said. So my, my note for anybody is like, if you are, if you are traditionally selfless, be more selfish. And if you are traditionally more self-centered, I would like for you to correct that the opposite direction by being more balanced and more uh, engaged with your partners, with your friendships, with your relationships in all capacities. I think that need to redirect ourselves towards not necessarily autonomy, but the concept of interdependence, which means that us doing us means that other people can do themselves and then we can work together and we're not constantly bolstering another person. And, you know, I'll bring up the Barbie movie again. You know, we think about how often we sort of like, you know, in the, in the analogy of the film, Ken's just like waiting to be like seen, right? But 
in the reality where the world is flipped upside down and patriarchy that, um, you know, women have been taught to like have empathy to protect men and to uplift their stories. Right. And that, this is not like, I don't mean it to be gendered, but often there can be that dynamic of like one person getting all of the praise and all of the value and being taken care of. And the other person is just like emptying and draining themselves until there's not a lot left except for a jar of resentment and not, that doesn't go far. (laughs) So this idea of, of being centered in self means that we get permission to be who we are. And it is 3.33 p.m. right now, and I think that that's all I have um, as far as the Virgo new moon report. Um, So my dear inspired ones, I appreciate you being here. Thank you for uh, joining me on the live feed, those who are out there paying attention. uh, I appreciate you letting me practice. Uh, I feel like I am skipping over a lot of words uh, just because I feel this these eyes on me, right? (laughs) I I appreciate your gentle gaze and that you're being very kind. So um, anyway, so you can uh, find me on Instagram at Ursaday. Obviously, if you're watching, you can check it out there. Uh, My website is ursaday.us. The Astrostar app, uh, please feel free to download that so you can check in with the live stream that I'll do next Tuesday, September 19th at 8 p.m. Central, where I'll be presenting on um, basically how to not be jealous of other people and to trust that you are right where you need to be in your own cycle and your own purpose. (laughs) So um, thank you to everyone here, and I hope that you have a beautiful day and stay inspired.